This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Presenting the adventures of Flash Gordon and Jungle Jim. Last week, after Queen Azora had declared Flash Gordon to be king of Blue Magic Land, she and Flash, Dale and Darkoff, started for her palace to make the formal proclamation. In the meantime, news was brought to Saul that Queen Azora was alive, having been saved by Flash Gordon. Saul swore he would kill her. As he started to meet Azora, pistol in hand, he was killed by the Black Lancer who brought the news. After Flash was proclaimed king, he and Dale and Darkoff built a spaceship and started to survey the kingdom. Suddenly, the ship began to fall. Darkoff calculated they were heading straight for the Earth but he didn't have any idea just where they would land. These thrilling adventures of Flash Gordon and Jungle Jim are pictured each Sunday in the Big Comic Weekly, the world's greatest pictorial supplement of humor and adventure. The Comic Weekly, each page printed in full colors, is distributed everywhere as an integral part of your Hearst Sunday newspaper. The spaceship containing Dr. Zarkov, Flash, and Dale is falling away from the planet Mongo towards the Earth. But let's leave them for a moment. Come now with us to an island in the South Seas, down among the jungles of Malaysia. Two figures standing among the waving palms. One is a tall young white man dressed in khaki with a tropical sun helmet and a cartridge belt, an automatic 45 slung from his waist. He is Jungle Jim, beloved friend of all good men, no matter what their race or color may be. He stands wiping his perspiring brow as he talks to a powerful-looking native who is dressed only in a loincloth and a red turban. Well, Cole, we're free again. Yes, Master Jim. Bad white men almost kill us all for sure. We lucky be alive. I'll say we are. I've been in some tough spots since I came down here in these jungles. But that encounter with that black snake Romney beats them all. No good thing to be buried in ground to next for ants to eat. Mm, you said it, Cole. Burying us up to our necks and pouring molasses over our heads to attract the ants was one dirty trick. It's a darn good thing that native boy saved us and gave us these guns. Yes, Master Jim. Bad white men no hurt us anymore. No, Colo. What do we do now, Master Jim? We'd better be getting back to our own camp. Mm. No have boat, Master Jim. Well, let's look around. Romney must have a canoe someplace around here. Search that brush with Colo. I'll look in these farms. Yes, Master. Colo, look see. Of course, if we can't find a canoe, we'll have to hike it. Find anything, Colo? No sea boat here. Try over that way, Marcolo. Near the river. Yes, Master. Colo, look, see. I'm sure he must have hidden one around here. 
No sign of a solo? No see. That's him. I can't find any trace of it here either. I guess it must be... Cole! Huh? I found it. Come quick. Here's Romney's canoe. Come in, Master. And he even left paddled in it. Uh, could you find both, Master? Better for us leave this place right now. Mm, you're right, Cole. Here. Grab hold of one end. Uh, and that's it. Now here. We'll carry it to the river. All right, Cole. Let go. Get in the bow. That's right. Uh, I'll shove us off. You help with the paddle. Yeah. Now we're off. And goodbye to this place. All quiet here. No Tuan around here. No. It doesn't look like there's anybody around here, Cole. No Tuan bother us now, Master Jim. Mm, that's right. Nobody will bother us for a while. Pat a little harder, Cole. I'm going around the bend. What's that? Wild cat, Master. Cole! A white man near the shore. The wild cat has come over his camp. Why to unsee us, Master? Help! Help! We're coming! Don't move! Whatever you do, don't move! Paddle! Paddle, Cole! Paddle! Pleased to meet you, Reverend Chalmers. I'm called Jungle Jim in these spots. And this is Cole. Delighted to know you both, I'm sure. Uh, come and meet my wife. We pitched camp up there for the night. We're on our way to our new mission. Mission? You work for one big fellow master on top in the sky? Yes, my friend. I am engaged in the work of God. But where did you learn of it? From Mr. Jim here? Yes, Tuan. Also from other mission Tuan. Hear all about when die. Go on top along... Good fellow, Master. Oh, he's a good boy, Reverend. I'm sure he is. Uh, by the way, have you had your dinner? Well, no. Oh, we then you must come and have some with us. I've just come down to the river for some water. When that wild cat sprang out from the bush and gone on me, I'll get the water now. Manly! Manly! What happened? Quite all right, my dear. No cause for alarm. Oh. This young man just shot the cat. Oh. oh, I was so frightened when I heard the shot. I was afraid that... I was afraid you'd run into bandits. Uh, Mary, my dear... Allow me to present your Uncle Jim. Oh, how do you do? Pleased to meet you, ma'am. And uh, this is Colo. Uh, Colo? Yes, sir. Oh, thank goodness it wasn't anything more serious than the shooting of a cat. Yes, my dear. I've invited your Uncle Jim to have dinner with us. Of course. It'll come right on up to camp. Oh, thanks, ma'am. Uh, Colo. Yes, sir. Pull the canoe well up on shore. Yes, Master Jim. Learn a bit of a place to have your Uncle Jim take you, isn't it? Mm, yes, Reverend. But Cole and I know our way around here pretty much. Uh, You're a stranger here about. Yes. That makes a difference. All the difference between being safe and being attacked by heaven knows what. I've my motorboat moored in that little uh, cove around there. And Mrs. Chalmers feels better sleeping on the land. So whenever night is coming on, we stop and pitch camp. Are you a trader, young man? No, not exactly, ma'am. I came down here originally to capture wild animals and train them for circuits. Oh. And then the first thing I knew, I was getting into one adventure after another. I see your point. You're an adventurer. Well, in a manner of speaking, but not the way you mean, sir. I try to right wrong, not make them. Yes, yes, of course, of course. There are adventurers and adventurers, my dear chap. Well, for instance, there was a man named Dirk Romney who called himself Hawk Ruder. Was? Is he dead? Yes, ma'am, he's dead. He died very suddenly. Well, as I was saying, this Hawk Ruder was chief of a band of river pirates. 
He was the black sheep of a good English family. You may have heard of his brother, Craig Romney, Reverend. Craig Romney? Yes, indeed. Well-known explorer. Died someplace down here, I believe. Yes, I buried him. Indeed. He was murdered by his brother, Dirk. Oh. And his wife and baby were kidnapped by the pirates. Oh, terrible. They held me up as I was starting out in my canoe. I was unable to rescue the woman because they threatened to throw her and the baby overboard unless I surrendered. What? At that time, I had no idea who she was. How did you find out? As the big war canoe came near me, I saw the young woman put the baby's nursing bottle into the water. After they left, I got it and found a note inside telling me her name. I see. Uh, but how did you find her husband? I figured it out. The woman's clothes were crisp and fresh-looking, so her camp couldn't have been far away. I noticed the direction from which the war canoe came, went that way, and soon found the Romney camp. And the young woman's husband was dead. Yes, ma'am. And so were his two assistants. Oh, my. Well, I buried them and raised two wooden crosses over the graves to mark the spot. Ah. I'll show you where they are, Reverend. Your people back in England may be interested. Indeed they will. Thank you. I'll see that the bodies are taken back home. But uh, how did you know the brother had committed the crimes, young man? Well, ma'am, I found Craig Romney's diary in which he said there was only one man in the world he feared. His brother. By Joe, why, this is like a mystery story, isn't it, Mary? Yes, indeed. Uh, how did you locate the missing brother? By accident. That night, as I slept by my campfire, the diary was stolen from my kit bag. In the morning, I saw imprints of bare feet in the sand. I followed and came upon a sprawled body. Of the other Romney? No, it was a native. With his dying hands, he managed to scrawl in the sand the statement that he had stolen a book from Hawk Bruder. And Bruder, when he got it, shot him down. Oh, God. Well, I figured that book was only of vital interest to one man. To Craig Romney's brother? Exactly. I trailed his Hawk Bruder, but got captured by him. But uh, how did you escape? The brother of a native brooder killed in cold blood saved us and brought us revolvers. When he took us to where Bruder was, Bruder made a move to shoot me. But my hand was quicker than his. Yes, yes, we understand. Oh, thanks, Reverend. Well, Polo and I were starting back. Joe, what's that? What is it, Joe? Master, come quick. Something fall out from the sky. Big silver bird without wings. What does he mean? I don't know, ma'am. What are you talking about, Cole? Come quick, Master Jim. Cole will show you where big silver bird land with big noise. Cole must have seen what caused that crash a moment ago. Uh, sure, Cole. Quickly, Don. It sounds like an airplane, but I didn't hear it then. Look. Look over there. In bushes. Why? Why, what can it be? Bless my soul. I never thought such an odd machine. Hmm, some kind of airplane. There must be somebody in it. Come along, Reverend. Quickly, I'm right with you. Right with you. But, but, uh, where, where could it come from? Well, that's what we'll find out in a minute. If anyone's left alive to tell it. Hurry, Cole. Yes, Hurry, Reverend. I... Hey, it is some kind of an airship. And there are three people in it. Let's get them out. Stand back, sir. I'll break the window with my revolver butt. What? Whatever sort of costumes are they wearing? I never saw anything like them. Well, never mind that. Let's get them out. The, the girl first. Right. She's still breathing. It's not easy now. Easy? Come on, now. Lay her down here while we pull the other two out. Come on, Paul. Give me a hand. Oh, a girl. A girl. Is she hurt? Yes, attend to her, Mary. There are two others that we must look easy, after. Easy, Easy now. That's it. That's oh. it now. Look. Oh. Look, this one's coming, too. It'll be all right in a minute. Get the other fellow, Colo. Yes. Uh, Dave. Flash. Where are you? It's Keith. Who can they be? This fellow, Master. He opening eyes. Dave. Are you, are you all right? Take it easy, old man. Everybody's all right. But you've had an anti cracker. Who are you? I'm Flash Gordon. Where's my fiance, Dale Art? Uh, my wife is attending to her. She'll be all right, too. Uh. Who are you? Where are we? I'm Gentle Jim, and this is the Reverend and Mrs. Chalmers. Yes, sir. My boy Cole saw your crack and brought us here. You're in the Malay jungle. Where are you from? Mongo. Mongo? The, uh, the girl is asking for someone by the name of Flash. Oh, Darling, I'm here. Are you all right? Yes. Are you all right? Where are we? We're back on the earth here. Somewhere in the jungle. Flash. 
jail. Yes, Doctor. We're safe among friends. Thank God. Amen. Where is this place called Mongo? Don't ask me. Ask Dr. Zarkov there. It is a newly discovered planet. We landed there in a rocket ship and were marooned. Zarkov, are you the famous Dr. Zarkov who was lost about two years ago? Yes. Somebody still remembers me. Remembers you, of course. What a sensation when the news gets out. Imagine you're returning. I'm sorry, but I don't know what this is all about. Well, it's the most fascinating mystery which will no doubt now be cleared up. Yes, that's right. It's a long story, but right now we'd like some food and some sleep. And some decent clothes. And you shall have all three. My hand is right over there. Thank you. Are you able to walk, Dale? Yes. My headache. But I'll be all right soon. We are lucky to escape without serious injuries. Oh, yes, you are indeed. Where were you going, Gordon? Well, that doesn't matter now. But since we're here, we're going to... Get back to the good old USA as soon as we can. Well, after you've recovered from your crash, we'll see about getting you to the mainland somehow. You can get a boat from there. Thanks. You see, Dale and I want to be married as soon as possible. That's why we're in such a hurry to get back to civilization. I see. Well, of course, that's sort of out of my department, but uh, maybe the Reverend here can pick you up, Jordan. Oh, will you, Reverend? Yes. Will you, sir? Well, that is something that can't be decided in a hurry, my young friend. Suppose you come back to my camp and we'll talk it over. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude, Calabunga, to the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F E N I X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, did You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. He'll save every one of us. Get ready to kick some Flash with Flash Gordon. Presenting the adventures of Flash Gordon and Jungle Jim. Last week we met Jungle Jim, gentleman adventurer, down in Malaysia. With him was his faithful man, Kolo. They rescued a missionary, the Reverend Manly Chalmers, from a wildcat and were invited to stay for supper with him and his wife. While they were getting acquainted, there was a terrible crash. Kolo came running with the news that an airship of some kind had landed in the bush. Jungle Jim and the missionary, closely followed by Mrs. Chalmers and Kolo, ran to the wreck. It proved to be the spaceship containing Flash Gordon, Dale Arden, and Dr. Zarkov. After they were revived and it was found that they weren't seriously injured... Flash and Dale asked to be married by the missionary. The Reverend Chalmers declared that such a solemn step could only be taken after due deliberation and led the way back to his camp to discuss the matter. These thrilling adventures of Flash Gordon and Jungle Jim are pictured each Sunday in the big Comic Weekly, the world's greatest pictorial supplement of humor and adventure. 
for Comic Weekly. Each page printed in full colors is distributed everywhere as an integral part of your Hearst Sunday newspaper. And now we continue the story. Back at the camp of the Reverend Chalmers and his wife, after supper, Flash pleads his case. You see, Reverend, Dale and I have been trying to get married for a long time. Flash and I love each other very much, Mr. Chalmers. I'm sure you do, Miss Arden. But as I said before, marriage is something that can't be decided in a hurry. Excuse me, Reverend, but I did decide it in a hurry. The minute I saw Dale sitting across the aisle from me in that transcontinental plane. And so did I. The minute I saw Flash look at me. Excuse me for interrupting, Reverend, but I can assure you that never have I seen such true devotion as Flash and Dale bear for each other. The sincerity of these two young people impresses me greatly, Dr. Sarkov. And what you say adds weight. I know you men of science. Truth is paramount in all things with you. Science is based on truth, Reverend. No matter who may be benefited or who may be hurt, the truth must at all times be spoken. Well, sir, what's your verdict? My earnest young friend, I shall be delighted to perform the ceremony which will make you as one. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chalmers. That's mighty nice of you, sir. Well, it is in my party, but I'm delighted myself. This is the first jungle wedding I've witnessed, uh, uh, between white people, I mean. A jungle wedding? Oh, Flash, how exciting. It's going to be different from the ceremony we kept looking forward to in Mongo. I don't care about anything, as long as I have you, Flash. You darling. And as far as I'm concerned, having you is a darn sight more important than any kingdom ever created. Oh, my dear. Uh, excuse me, you two. I hate to break in, but uh, just when is the ceremony going to take place? There's a steamer leaving for the state tomorrow night. There is? Yep. Then why can't we be married tomorrow noon? You can, my dear boy. And then Mrs. Chalmers and I will escort you in our motorboat to the steamer. Won't be married yet. Of course, Manly. Oh, that will be wonderful. Then tomorrow morning, Miss Arden, we'll go through the box of clothing we're taking to the mission and find a wedding outfit for you. Find something for Dr. Zarkoff and me, please, Mrs. Chalmers. Yes, I surely need it. Uh, oh, Cole and I will build an altar for you in the middle of the jungle. I'll gather some flowers for my bouquet. I'll help you, Dale. We'll trim the altar Jim and Cole will build. Well, I'll set up our portable gramophone and just off the recording of the wedding march. Gorgeous. Not half as gorgeous as you are, Dale. Thank you. But just think, we couldn't have an altar all trimmed in orchids if you we were being married in the States. That's only too true. Your color of gardenias is beautiful. I thought it was when I made it. And to think all this was had just for the picking. I wonder what that can be. Uh, Jim. Jim. Hello. What are those tom-toms for? Oh, some natives having a powwow. Say, you're the prettiest bride I ever saw, Miss Arden. Why, thank you. For once, Dale can't use the usual feminine reply to a compliment. Oh, these things, heavens, they're old. I could say that, and it would be true. But I'm grateful to Miss Somebody for them. As I am to Mr. Somebody for this blue suit and bow tie. Uh, Jim, have you the ring we borrowed from Mrs. Chalmers? Right here. Uh, keep your shirt on. Where's Dr. Zarkoff and Mr. Chalmers? Oh, Zarkoff's getting dressed. The Reverend setting the gramophone so Mrs. Chalmers can play the wedding march. All right, Mr. Gordon. I think we're ready. You and Dr. Zarkoff will come from the tent, Miss Arden, when the wedding march starts. He's waiting for you. Well, Miss Arden, when we part again, you'll be Mrs. Flash Gordon. I can hardly wait. Well, I guess we can take our places at the altar, gentlemen. Funny, sir. This is the thing I've wanted more than anything in my life, marrying Dale. Now I'm more scared to stand in front of that altar and go through the ceremony than I ever was when I rescued her from our enemies in Mongo. It's the solemnity of the occasion, my dear boy. Now, uh, you and Jungle Jim stand here at my left. That's it. Already, Mary. Uh, uh, uh. 
quiet. Uh, wait a minute. Stop the ground home, please, Barry. Master Jim, keep a tribe here. Say, no wedding without native wedding. He's got a warrior all round here. Oh, so that's what the tom-toms mean. They saw us preparing for this. Do you mind being married a la native first flash? It will simplify things. Uh, no, of course not. Uh, Dale, come here. Uh, here come chief to perform... Ceremony. What's the matter, Flash? The natives intend to start trouble if we don't let them marry us for the local ceremony. Do you mind going through with it? Of course I don't. I think it's thrilling. Our wedding will really be a jungle wedding in more ways than one. All right, Chief. Shoot. What do we do? We need Taunga. Magataga Daraita. Ifang Bananaganimawai Babuega. Yamunagasira. Et Magayen Nagafa. Ak Madua Nagapanulos. What are we saying? We asked Derek to make a happy union. You have good hunting, and may you have all the things you need for the rest of your lives. Hold out and... What's he going to do? Anoint Flash's forefinger with coconut oil. See? He's tracing Flash's finger from the tip to the pulse. That means, may your good fortune ascend. And that means, may your bad fortune descend. And now he goes from the pulse to the tip of the finger. You're next, Miss Arden. Magayen naga alad, apayat yadamen naga lapay. Here I stand, Flash. Missy, what do we do with these balls of rice? The chief is making signs for you to exchange them. Oh. Here, Dale. And you take this one, Flash. And now, friends, everything's okay with the chief. You're married. Is that all there is to it? Yes, that's all. Why, it's terribly unimpressive. Well, that's because it doesn't mean anything to us. Let's really be married now. Please take your places. Come, Dale, back to the tent. All right, Mary. Dearly beloved, we are gathered together here in the sight of God and in the face of his company to join together this man and this woman in holy matrimony, which is commended in holy scripture to be honorable among men and therefore not to be entered into unadvisedly or lightly, but reverently, discreetly, advisedly, and soberly in the fear of God. Into this holy estate, these two persons present come now to be joined. If any man can show just cause why they may not be lawfully joined together, let him now speak, or else hereafter forever hold his peace. Who giveth this woman to be married to this man? I do. Flash Gordon... Wilt thou have this woman to thy wedded wife to live together after God's ordinance in the holy estate of matrimony? Wilt thou love her, comfort her, honor and keep her in sickness and in health, and forsaking all others, keep thee only unto her so long as ye both shall live? I will. Gail Arden, wilt thou have this man to thy wedded husband to live together after God's ordinance in the holy estate of matrimony? Wilt thou obey him and serve him? Love, honor, and keep him in sickness and in health. And forsaking all others, keep thee only unto him, so long as ye both shall live. I will. The ring. Yes. Place the ring on Dale's finger and repeat after me. With this ring. With this ring. I thee wed. I thee wed. And with all my worldly goods. And with all my worldly goods. I thee endow. I thee endow. Let us pray. O eternal God creator and preserver of all mankind, giver of all spiritual grace, the author of everlasting life, send thy blessing upon these thy servants, this man and this woman, whom we bless in thy name. 
that as Isaac and Rebecca lived faithfully together, so these persons may surely perform and keep the vow and covenant betwixt them made, whereof this ring given and received is a token and pledge, and may ever remain in perfect love and peace together, and live according to thy laws. Amen. Those whom God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. For as much as Flash and Dale have consented together in holy wedlock, and have witnessed the same before God and his company, and thereto have pledged their troth, each to other, and have declared the same by giving and receiving a ring, and by joining hands, I pronounce they are man and wife. You may kiss your bride. Dale, dearest. Wife. Last time. At last I can call you husband. This has been the most beautiful wedding I have ever seen in the field, Mrs. Gordon. Allow me to wish you every happiness. Thank you. I don't need to tell Mr. Gordon that he is a very lucky man. Indeed you don't, sir. You're the happiest man in the world. Well, I know I am. And please accept my good wishes. You deserve the best of everything. Say, folks, I don't want to be left out. Mrs. Gordon, all happiness for you. Thank you. My congratulations, Flash. Thanks very much. You've been awfully kind to us, Jim. Dale and I will never forget you. I should say not. And when you come back to the United States, you must come and see us. Thank you, ma'am. I sure will. And uh, speaking of the States, I don't want to hurry you, but... Uh... Bless my soul. We'd better be getting started if you want to make the steamer. Are you all ready? Yes. We're going with just the clothes we have on our backs. Thanks to your people back home. Uh, come on. Let's get into the motorboat. This old Prince Albert could be a little looser, but it's very dressy looking, don't you think? You look terribly distinguished, Dr. Zahn. Oh, thank you, Dale. Well, uh, since the charmers are taking us to the steamer, I guess it's just you and Colo to say goodbye to, Jim. Wish you were coming to see us off. Well, we might have been room, but it's just as well parting now. We can say it all here. And Colo and I better be getting back to that camp of ours, if there's any camp left. You're right, Boss Jim. Maybe River Pirates set fire camp while we're gone. Flash, hurry. We're waiting. Coming, dear. Well, so long, Jim. Thanks for everything. That's okay, Flash. Good luck to you. Goodbye, Colo. Goodbye, 2 one Flash. Hurry up, Flash. Goodbye. 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 There go mission two on boat. Downriver against sun. Yes, Colo. There goes mission two on boat. You know, Flash Gordon's a great fellow. Maybe we'll see him again sometime. Well, I wonder what's going to happen to us next, Colo. Tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. He'll save every one of us. Get ready to kick some Flash with Flash Gordon. and other solar systems, seeking new adventures and discoveries, and defending his native Earth against all aggressors. Flash Gordon's deadliest adversary is the evil Ming the Merciless, who rules the planet Mongo. 
in the aftermath of a daring raid on Ming's headquarters in Mingo City, Flash learned of a secret squadron of Ming's rockets, which were preparing a surprise attack on Earth. Before he was able to escape with the news, however, Flash and Dale were taken prisoner by Ming, who gloated over his triumph. <laughs> At last, the mighty Flash Gordon is now my humble prisoner. Are you not proud of your father, my dear Aura? It is a good omen for the rocket attack you're planning, Father. I am going to give Flash Gordon back to them first, my dear. You're going to... What? <laughs> I surprise you, eh? You don't know my whole plan yet, Aura. Since you have proven yourself loyal to me, you have a vital role to play. But what must I do? <laughs> now listen carefully, my dear. Flash, please try to get some rest. You can't get out of here by pacing the floor. Yeah, Dale, I'll never forgive myself for letting you come with me on this mission. I've always been with you, Flash. And this is the way I want it to be. No matter what happens. Flash! Flash Gordon! Who's that? Someone outside the door. Flash Gordon! Can you hear me? It's a woman. Who's there? I am Aura. And I must speak to Flash Gordon. Aura? Ming's daughter? Yes, but speak softly. The guards must not hear Stand back from the door, both of you. I have the special light key that will cut the alarm from the outside. I am opening the door to come in. It is Aura. Shh. Quiet, both of you. We can talk safely now. But I have only a few moments. Listen carefully. I have come to help you escape. You? Helping us to escape? From your father? Yes. Oh, I can't stand it anymore. This terrible war, the killing. I want to help end this slaughter. But if I help you, you must promise to intervene for my father. I don't want to see him killed. Please promise that you will see to it that he is only exiled if I help to overthrow him. Flash, don't believe her. It must be a trick. No, no, I mean it. You don't even have to believe me now. But you will if I help you escape back to Earth, won't you? Escape? But how? I have a plan that will work. At least it will get us outside the prison. But even if we get outside the prison, you know it's impossible to get away from Mongo. Where would we get our rocket ship? Oh, you forget. I am the Emperor's daughter. I have my own personal ship, only a short distance from the prison. Once we get aboard, we're safe. My ship leaving the planet will not be challenged. Well, that's... That's possible, all right. I don't like it, Flash. I'd never trust her. That's because you're an Earth woman. You think with your heart, not your head. Dale, listen. We must try it. I, I, I don't know, Flash. That is no time to waste. Give me your promise that you will seek leniency for my father if I help you escape. I give you my word that your father will not be executed. All right, then. Now, listen carefully. My father is planning to come here soon and question you. I will make an excuse to come with him. The guards will be waiting outside, and when we are together in here, I will signal you. You will overpower my father, and with myself as your escort, we will be able to walk out past the guards and out of the prison before they realize what's happened. Oh, don't be silly, Aura. How can I overpower your father with guards outside the cell? Here, take this ray gun. You can set it for a temporary paralysis. You're giving me a ray gun? That should prove you can trust me. 
I must go now. Hide the gun and wait for my signal when we return. Now, stand back from the door. Oh, Flash, it sounds too good to be true. I know, dear. But we'll have to trust her for now. I'll never trust her. I saw the way she looked at you. She's tried before to get you to like her. Yeah, that was a long time ago, dear, when I first met Aura. We thought she was loyal to Baron, the rightful rule of Mongo, not Ming. Yes, she fooled you then. And she's fooling you now. You can't be jealous of her, Dale. Oh, can't I? You know what's at stake. The survival of Earth. We must get back there to warn them. I'm making this decision, Dale. It's our only chance. Everything ready, Kraus? Yes, my lord Ming. The ray gun aura gave them has been altered so that it will fire but have no effect upon us. We must pretend to be unconscious. Good. You know your part, my daughter? Yes, father. I am ready. Very well. Is this their cell? Yes, my lord. Guards, you know what to do. You will wait outside here. Yes, sir. Very well. Open this door. We will go inside. Stand back from the door, prisoners. The Emperor Ming approaches. Ming? Yes, Flash Gordon. I have come to show you that I can be lenient if you will cooperate. What do you want? Close the door, Graz. Guards, wait outside. Now then, you two. My daughter has convinced me to try to be lenient with you. If you will tell me the location of Earth's defense bases, I will reconsider the order for your execution. What? <laughs> Never. Flash, no! What? All right, Ming. The tables have turned. You and Grads back up against that wall with your hands over your head. Where did you get that weapon? From your daughter, Ming. She's fed up with your wanton bloodshed. In exchange for our escape, I have agreed to seek leniency for you. Aura, is this true? Yes, Father. I'm sorry. There's no other way. I should kill you now, Ming. But I'm going to keep my word. <laughs> Flash! They're out. The guards, Aura. How many outside the door? Just two. But they can hear nothing. Open the door, Aura. What? Do as I say. Dale and I need their uniforms. It'll make it easier to get out of here. Dale, take the gun. When they enter, paralyze them. I'll stay by the door and keep it open. Now, Aura, call them in. Guards, in here. Hey, the Emperor. Flash, the gun. It's jammed. I'll get them. That'll hold them for a moment. Take the other one's uniform... And then we'll tie them up. Hurry, both of you. We must get out before anyone sees this cell. I, I'm almost ready. I will lead the way. When we're challenged, don't speak, either of you. I will do the talking. You will be escorting me out. Are you ready? Yes. Let's go. Now. I think we're clear now. Check the instruments, please, Flash. Yes, we're at about uh, 250 mile perimeter. Does Ming sensing equipment check position beyond here? Only for approaching objects. It's safe to set our course for Earth now. Then we've made it. We're really free and on our way to Earth. Yes, Dale, and you must admit, Aura kept her word to us. I told you we'd make it. 
My ship doesn't get radar challenged leaving Monroe. You know that my father's rocket attack is planned for 8 a.m. tomorrow, Earth time. Yes, I know. But what you probably don't know is that Ming is sending two waves of attacking rockets. Two waves? Why? The first wave are merely dummy rockets. Decoys with remote control and no warheads. They're designed to draw all of Earth's counter-rockets and anti-missile fire. That way, Ming hopes that the second wave of attack... Will catch us on Earth. Only our secondary line of defense. Yes, it's a clever plan. Our secondary defenses are only for small, localized rockets. It'd never be enough to stop Ming's interplanetary cruisers. Precisely right. My father isn't exactly a fool, you know. How many ships in each wave? 150 in the first wave for decoys and 200 in the second. But Ming may change his plans now that you've helped us escape. No. The attack countdown has already started and he doesn't know that I learned of the attack plans. He'll attack on schedule. But you'll be able to warn Earth in time. Flash, what about contacting Earth now? Let them know right away. Not yet, Dale. We're still too close to Mongo. We'll keep the radio silence till we're just outside of Earth's defense perimeter. Would my lord Ming wish some more to eat or drink? No, no, not now, Graz. I have had enough. Are you still tracking my daughter's ship? Yes, my lord. They are still headed for Earth. <laughs> good, good. My plan is working superbly. Uh, my lord, forgive me, but as your advisor, I still fear for the princess Aura's safety. Graz, as your emperor and Aura's father, I tell you to stop worrying. If I know Flash Gordon... Aura will be safely at his side in some command post when the attack comes. And, since Flash Gordon must by now be thoroughly convinced that there are two waves of my attack, he will order Earth not to fire at what he thinks are decoys. And by the time the Earth fools realize they are not decoys... They will be well inside Earth's line of defense. Even the Earth people will not let their entire planet be destroyed. They will be forced to surrender with my ships over every major city. Besides, Graz, you know I would not hesitate to sacrifice even her life if it meant the success of my plans, my conquest of the Earth. Nothing will stand in Maine's way. Flash, I couldn't believe my ears when the report came. But you are safe. Yes, Dr. Zarkoff, it's good to see you again. And Dale, my dear, we were so worried. I'm fine, Doctor. You received our message about the two waves of Ming's attack? Yes. Flash, General Garson has asked that you, in your military rank of colonel, take command of Earth's line of defense. Yes, Colonel Gordon. Your knowledge of Ming's strategy has proven invaluable. Flash Gordon, help with these men. Release her, General. Princess Orr is in my custody. It's all right, Sergeant. The woman is in Flash Gordon's custody. Bring her here with us. They were locking me up. Is this the way you keep your promises, Flash Gordon? You're free, Aura. You heard the general just now. You will stay with me during the next eight hours. Flash, wouldn't it be better if she were under guard? Colonel Gordon, our security may be compromised if... I want her with us in the command post, General. And I want to use command post D. Do you understand? Post D? But that... Colonel Gordon knows what he's doing. You can trust him, General. Right. Earth defense will receive my orders from there. Uh, 
Yes, I understand. Good. Dr. Zarkos, you and Aura come with Dale and me. We haven't a moment to lose. Colonel Gordon speaking. Give me a time check. Time, 7.54 a.m. Attack hour, minus 60. Sightings, report. Report negative. No enemy force in sight yet. Stand by. Aura, the attack is due for 8 a.m., isn't it? Yes, that's right. Surely you know that my father's attack fleet uses the new stellar drive power. You should pick up air traces no more than four minutes before attack time. Are they that fast? The stellar drive is useful for attack forces, but not for long-range cruising. We use it also for our attack missiles. Stand by. Report. Enemy attack fleet. Area 44. Position 12. Approaching 1,000 miles per minute. Put them on the viewing screen as soon as they're in range. Viewing screen range. Report. Type a number of enemy ships. Attack force. Approximately 300 rocket ships. 300? Type ASC-7. Stellar drive. Those are the decoys. The first wave. They're unarmed. They're too far away to tell, but 300? Enemy attack force forming divergent pattern. Areas... 26, 13, 44, and 31. This is the first wave, right, Aura? Yes, Flash. Enemy attack fleet in viewing screen range. There they are, on the screen. Entering primary defense perimeter. Request Colonel Gordon's order to attack. Do not attack. Repeat. Do not attack enemy ships. All primary defense stations. No attack. Flash, I hope you know what you're doing. What's the screen, Dale? I see them. There are hundreds of them, all right. Enemy fleet, 500 miles inside the defense perimeter. Red alert, red alert. Sensing detectors report. Nuclear warheads on enemy ships. Prepare for nuclear attack. They are armed. <laughs> you fool. Did you think my father and I would give up so easily? Our nuclear attack force is now inside your defense perimeter without a shot being fired. You're helpless. You lied to us. Oh, why you? Let her go, Dale. For oh, those rockets. You gave the orders to let them go through. Don't touch that firing button. I'm still in command here. Look at the screen. The rocket. Oh, no. But they're being attacked. The enemy fleet. They're being destroyed. Yes. Our primary defense force. No. Wiped out there, wiped out there, you see? But how? This is command post D. That means D for dummy. Now, Dr. Zakoff and I established this false command post long ago with General Garson, just for an emergency like this. All of my orders were dummies. Yes. The actual defense was controlled by General Garson. His orders destroyed Ming's fleet. But how did you know? I suspected you from the start, Aura. I knew there wasn't going to be any second wave of attack. My suspicions were confirmed when I heard there were 300 ships. Your father's entire attack fleet. Oh, Flash. You knew all the time. But we had to play along with Adele in order to escape. I couldn't even tell you what I was doing. And what shall we do with our guest now, Flash? We can use her as a hostage against Ming. My father knows that I was prepared to sacrifice myself. Kill me if you wish, but you'll never defeat Ming. 
I don't think that's the answer, Zarkov. Ming would sacrifice his daughter if necessary. I have a better idea. She'll be held here on Earth in our protective custody. But I want her to see as much as possible of our way of life. When she's seen what freedom and democracy are really like, she may understand why we are fighting this war. And she'll be more useful on our side. You're not going to kill me? Or put me in prison? It's never too late for a little education, my dear princess. And who knows? One day... Flash may be right. After all, your sympathies used to lie with King Baron, the rightful ruler of Mongo. Oh. Oh, I... I don't know what to say. Aura, we do want to help you if we can. Let her stay with me for a little while, Flash. All right, dear. Take care of her. Dr. Zarkov? Yes, Flash? Which means the CAC force wiped out. You and I have some very urgent business in Washington. Let's go. Tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. He'll save every one of us. Get ready to kick some Flash with Flash Gordon. After years of bitter conflict, many powerful forces united under the friendship of Flash Gordon are at last able to overthrow the evil power of Ming and end his rule of the planet Mongo. Flash Gordon, Dale Arden, and Dr. Zarkov returned to Earth to find that scientists had developed weapons powerful enough to destroy the world. Dr. Zarkov retreated to his secret laboratory to experiment with Mongo inventions. It is there that Flash and Dale are now headed. Flash, we've been away so long. It will be good to see Dr. Zarkoff again. Yes, dear. You know, on the radio, it sounded excited as a kid. He must have finished his new project. Flash, Dale! Hello, my friends. Doc, hi. Dear Zarkoff. I'm so happy you come at last. Hey, you have quite a layout here, Doc. Very impressive. Yes. There are many young scientists gathered here to devote their lives to keeping peace in our universe. But you will see all of this later. Now you must come with me to see my prize. Here, into this elevator. Stepping into a high-speed elevator, the three scientists descend swiftly, a thousand feet below the surface. You see, my friends, in the event of nuclear war, we think it is possible that human life can survive underground. And since I've always wanted to explore the inner Earth, we have been working on a new transportation machine. I call it the Mole. It is capable of boring through solid rock. How incredible. Yes. The Mole detonates small atomic reactions to pulverize the rock ahead of it as it travels through any medium. Solid, liquid. It can navigate underwater and fly through the air as well. There it is, my friends. My underground ship. Oh, it's so big. Amazing. Flash, are you willing to test it with me? <laughs> Doc, I, I thought you'd never ask me. Just a second. Have you forgotten me? No, Dale, I haven't. 
I want to keep this test very private. We'll need you here to keep in radio contact with us. Mm. Well, I don't know. Oh, come on, Dale. We won't be gone for more than a few hours. Well, <laughs> I'm outnumbered. You win. But please be careful, both of you. Good girl. Mm. Oh, <laughs> another kiss like that and I won't let you go. <laughs> come, my friends. We must get ready. The incredible bullet-shaped mole machine begins its test journey. The huge silver ship bores its way straight down through layers of solid rock. This is amazing, Doc. No human beings have ever gone down this far near the Earth's core. We don't yet know what we'll find as we descend. Here, raise the cooling level. The outside temperature of the rock is rising. Uh, that knob there. Right. Does the radar show another element below us? Hmm. We're approaching an area of different density. Yes. It must be a liquid. Look. Through the viewing port. Water. We're in an underground ocean. Another sea beneath the earth. There, there are huge creatures out there. Exterior lights. There. Underation flash. Look at the size of those monsters. Like serpents. Turn on the cameras. If I could know better, I'd say we were back on Mongo. Can they, can they harm the ship? I think not. We're moving much too swiftly. And the, and the instruments, look. The radar shows an end to the water. More rocks ahead. No. Some kind of light atmosphere. We should be into it soon. That's it. We're in free atmosphere. There's light up ahead. Look, there. Yes. We've come out of the depths into some sort of huge cavern. There's a kind of a beach. And look, a city. There may be live beings down here. I must stop. This is a fantastic discovery. Incredible flash. The instruments show this atmosphere is perfectly able to support human life. We can breathe out there. And that city. We must get a closer look at there. If there are living people... Yes, and... we cannot leave here without a brief exploration. Check with Dale on the radio and tell her what's happening while I get some gear together. Right, Doc. As Flash and Zarkov leave the mole, they step out into an eerie world within a world. An underground city carved from the rock. The two walk cautiously past huge pillars of limestone. A strange yellow light bathes the whole scene. Then as they climb over a huge boulder at the entrance to the city. Zarkov, look out. Those men. Get your My God. Do not be afraid, surface men. Flash, look. A woman. Guards, let them stand. It's all right. I am Princess Darla. My father rules this world. You will not be harmed if you come quietly with us. We come in peace. We mean no harm to you or your people. They didn't take my gun. Keep it hidden, Flash. But don't be hasty. To the palace. Come. Come. <laughs> 
Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. The Amazing Adventures of Flash Gordon. Emulsified nose drops bring to your radios the further interplanetary adventures of Flash Gordon. It is the same daring and resourceful Flash Gordon whose exploits have held you spellbound in the newspapers. Now, through your loudspeakers every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at this same time, travel with Flash Gordon, Dale Arden, and Dr. Zarkoff to the lost continent of Atlantis on the ocean's floor. Successful in defeating the armies of Morgat in a savage battle at the hilltop fortress, Flash Gordon has again been hailed Emperor of Atlantis. Dale and Dr. Zarkoff have been saved. But a new and desperate peril menaces Flash, Gregor, and Lieutenant Redna. The substrata forces, with their devastating destructo cannon, have returned to Atlantis. And Raoul Dufarge, arch-enemy of Dr. Zarkov and Flash, has deceived them into believing that Gregor and Flash are prisoners and that the hilltop fortress is filled with enemies. The substrata forces have opened fire with the destructo cannon. Does this mean that Flash and Gregor must perish before the guns of their own soldiers? Is Dufarge to fulfill his vow to kill Flash... Dale and Dr. Zaka. Well, in a moment, we shall see. For any head cold or nose cold, you want to get Mother to let you try Grove's Emulsified Nose Drops. Then you'll get the relief you want, and you won't have to go through any suffering to get it. For Grove's Emulsified Nose Drops do not bite or sting, neither do they run out of your nose and down your face or throat. These nose drops stay put, and because they do, they exert a much more prolonged and soothing effect than ordinary oil drops. So aside from the matter of pleasantness, it's wise to use Grove's emulsified nose drops. If Mother is interested in better ways of doing things, she'll be interested in Grove's emulsified nose drops. They are on sale at all drugstores. Now back to Flash Gordon. As Gregor's startling announcement brings every man in the room to his feet... There sounds again the distant thunder of the destructo cannon. We've got to get the soldiers out of here. They'll blast the fortress to bits in another few moments. Lieutenant Redner, down to the barracks quickly. Marshal the troops of horse. General Carlock, Lord Death's head hussars. 
Form lines. Instruct Captain Ludwig to have his black lancers ready for instant march. As soon as this has been done, notify me. We'll desert the port before it's blasted sky high. Now get moving. There go the cannon again. They haven't got the range yet, Grego. But they'll have it in a minute. And they'll reduce this fortress to a sand pile. It isn't that. There's no such thing as the missing range with the destructo cannon. What did you say? Yes, that's right. The range fighters on the destructo are equipped with television lenses. They adjust the light beam to any object they decide to destroy and then press the lever. Yes. They could have smashed the fortress with their first shot. There's something the matter. They're not trying to hit us. I think I may know the answer. There might be an officer or two who's none too certain to Farge is telling the truth. They may be trying to find out who is in the fortress. Drive us out by pretending to bombard us. Yes, I think that's it. If it is, we can stop this nonsense in a moment. I'll communicate with the barracks by means of the television phone. One moment. Commander Grego speaking. Put me in communication with the quarters of Adjutant Drovna of the Substrata Forces. Yes, at once. This will put a spoke into Farge's wheel? Yes. Hello, Drovna. Commander Grego. Who's in command at the guns? Sergeant Nikor. Tell him to cease firing at once. Great Poseidon man, that's where we are. In the fortress. Check your television controls. You'll see. That's right. Now listen. This man, Dufarge. The Earth man. Yes, I know it was all his fault. Place him under arrest. I want him heavily guarded. The Emperor and myself will be at the Royal Palace in one hour. Have him there then. And if he resists arrest, you know what to do. That's all. But convey my orders to Sergeant Nikor at once. Well, that ought to do it. Let's get back to the city. I'm anxious to see Dale and Dr. Zarkov. Up at the fort, I, I could see most of it from the roof of Neota's house. Flash, I was terrified. Stand back and let me look at you. Oh, gee. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of other people are glad the trouble's over, too. Listen to them celebrating out there in the street. Yes, they're having a real holiday. Music and dancing and feasting. Which reminds me, I could do with a little food myself. But I'll have to wait a while. This business of being an emperor is no fun after all, is it? Not always. I'm going to enjoy myself, though, in a moment. Enjoy yourself? How do you mean? They're bringing Dufarge here. Oh, what are you going to do with him? I don't quite know. Here's the problem, isn't it? The man's a murderer at heart. He's proved that over and over again. He'd kill any or all of us without so much as a buy or leave, and yet... You... And yet, we're civilized human beings, Dale. We can't execute him. It is a problem. That's probably the soldiers bringing Dufarge now. You want to leave? No, I'll remain if you don't mind. Not at all. Come in. The soldiers with the prisoner, Your Majesty. Tell the soldiers to bring him in. At once, sir. Bring the prisoners to the royal prison. Captain, withdraw to the far wall, but remain in the room. And if this uh, gentleman gets difficult, you have my permission to... I understand, sir. Well, Dufarge, we meet again. Monsieur, mademoiselle, I salute you. Never mind the nonsense, Dufarge. You tried to kill us. Me, oui. I promise to obtain the throne for myself if I can. I try to keep the promise to myself. Voila. Who can say I am not true to myself, eh? Dufarge, <laughs> you're laughing at all this because you think I don't dare kill you. That you do not dare... Raybo, my friend. It is not that you do not dare. It is that you are too soft in the art, n'est-ce pas? Me? I have the art like this stone. And so you could kill us without thinking twice. Dufarge, there's a limit to all things. This is one time you've tempted me too far. I tempt you too far? What do you mean? I do not understand. There's one thing you will understand, and that is death. Dufarge, I'm emperor here. My word is law. 
You think I'm too soft-hearted to deal with you as you deserve? All right, we'll see. You do not mean... Yes, I'm going to have you executed, Captain. But you cannot do this. It is against all humanity. Yeah, take the prisoner back to the dungeons. An order as to his disposition will be sent to the jailer at once. Your Majesty, come on! You can't do this. Come on! So, you've done it. You've ordered him killed. Not yet, Dale. I don't think I shall. But it won't do him any harm to think about it for a few days. Wonder just when the soldiers will come for him and lead him out to be killed. Oh, hang it all. If there were only some way of getting him back to the outer world. But there isn't. And as long as he's here, he's a menace. Yes. So what to do? I'm hanged if I see any solution. Well, I suppose there'll be other things to worry about. Yes, very well. His Excellency Count Alexeff is here for the conference. Count Alexeff? The Secretary of Foreign Affairs. Tell him to come in. At once. Your Excellency may enter. Thank you. Your Excellency. Your Imperial Majesty. May I add my congratulations to the others you've received upon your return to the throne? Thank you. Your Excellency, this is Dale Arden. Ah, Miss Arden. I've seen you many times from a distance. Yes, and admired you. I thank you. Not at all, my dear. But at the moment, there are distressing matters of state. Uh, I must discuss them with His Majesty. Oh, then I'll... No, no, stay here, Dale. Your Excellency, Miss Arden enjoys my full confidence. What you have to say, she may hear. But Your Majesty, a woman attending a conference of international importance... My wish, Excellency. As Your Majesty desires. I have here certain figures... Yes? ...showing the truth of what I'm about to say. Your Majesty, the progress of Atlantis has been a scientific one. Everything is based upon a constant increase in our scientific development. That's quite true, I know. So... Our development is threatened with an immediate curtailment. One which may mean the eventual end of scientific progress in Atlantis. How's that? As you know, Atlantis has developed electricity to its highest state of perfection. To do that has meant centuries upon centuries of experiment, of constant, never-ending work, and it has put a tremendous drain upon the natural resources of Atlantis. Yes, I can easily understand that. Our copper, for instance. The copper mines of Atlantis are nearly exhausted. In another few, few years, all available supplies will have been used. When that day comes, it means the end of our progress and the eventual decline and collapse of our civilization. Unless... Unless what? Unless a new source of copper is obtained. Is such a source available? Can more copper fields be had? From two sources. And that is what you must decide, Your Majesty. Manela, Emperor of the Fire Kingdom, controls vast copper mines which extend under nearly every acre of his kingdom. If we could obtain the output of those mines, the development of Atlantis would be assured. I'm afraid that's impossible. Manela would never sell. <clears throat> and I don't care to engage in another war. Especially in a war of conquest for gain. Yes, I thought you would feel that way. And I'll be frank to say that the sentiment of the people is behind you. There is one other source of copper, and that is... Her Majesty, the Empress Luana, ruler of the Land of Titans. Luana? The Land of Titans? I know about them, Flash. Neota was telling me. The Land of Titans is a savage empire. To the north and west of Atlantis, isn't it? Precisely. And the Titans are giants compared to ordinary men. Most of them stand seven or more feet tall. Quite right. The men of Titan are enormous brutes. Powerful as a dozen ordinary men. Tall, muscular, savage... But the Empress Luana is not above average height. And I am told that she is a gorgeously beautiful woman. And her empire produces nearly as much copper as the Fire Kingdom. What are our relations with the land of the Titans? Is Atlantis on friendly terms with Luana? Mm, well, fairly so. We've never had a war with them. Oh, a couple of border skirmishes. But nothing serious. But Luana has one grievance against Atlantis that rankles in her heart. What's that? Since before anyone can remember, her empire has had to pay annual tribute to Atlantis. Not much... Only a few thousand dollars, as money is measured on Earth. But she always pays under protest. Yeah, she's a proud woman. She doesn't like to pay tribute to anyone. Then, suppose this annual tribute should be abolished. 
You think she'd be willing to sell the copyrights? If the offer came from Your Majesty in person, I'm confident that she would come to a reasonable agreement. But Your Majesty would have to go to her in person as an ambassador from your own court, unattended, save by one or two courtiers. And that might be dangerous. Dangerous? How? The men of Titan are jealous of Luana. They regard every man who crosses their borders as a possible suitor for her hand. And they have vowed to slay every foreigner who sets foot on Titan's soil. They have sworn Luana shall not marry unless and until she marries a man of her own kingdom. Then why doesn't she do it? Mm, I said she was a proud woman. She will not be dictated to even by her own subjects. But Atlantis must have that copper. If Your Majesty could see your way clear... Flash, I'll never consent to that. I'll not allow you to risk your life again. So soon after you've just escaped death. Wait, Dale. I'm Emperor of Atlantis. The entire future of the Empire may be in my hands. Yes, I'll go, Counter Luxor. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were in conference. I was just leaving, Commander Gregor. I'm glad you came in. His Excellency, the Secretary of Foreign Affairs, has just suggested that I visit the Empress Luana, the land of the Titans. Merciful Poseidon. And arrange a treaty whereby we can purchase the copper from their mines. And you refused, of course. No, I didn't. I said I'd go. I'm leaving tomorrow, and I want you to go with me. You want me to go with you? Well, I've never refused you, have I? <laughs> You'll need someone to be with you when you die. Upon what strange and desperate adventures are Flash Gordon and Gregor to embark now? Can they do what no man has ever done and lived? Set foot upon the forbidden soil of Titans? Mother knows what a battle it is to get you to take nose drops. When she sees how willingly you stand for Grove's emulsified nose drops, she will feel a service has been done her. Mothers write and tell us every day how grateful they are for Grove's emulsified nose drops. They find them not only more acceptable, but more effective. Grove's nose drops are something new, a decided improvement on the old nose drops. They are made by the makers of Grove's bromoquinine. Mother knows guarantees their quality. Maybe if you suggest it after this program, Mother will get a bottle in the house tonight to have them ready the next time a head cold shows. Suppose you talk to her. Come with us every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at this same time for further interplanetary adventures with Flash Gordon. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude, Calabunga, to the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F E N I X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. He'll save every one of us. Get ready to kick some Flash with Flash Gordon. The Amazing Adventures of Flash Gordon. 
Groves Emulsified Nose Drops bring to your radios the further interplanetary adventures of Flash Gordon. It is the same daring and resourceful Flash Gordon whose exploits have held you spellbound in the newspaper. Now through your loudspeaker every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at this same time, travel with Flash Gordon, Dale Arden, and Dr. Zarkoff to the lost continent of Atlantis on the ocean's floor. Yielding to the plea of Count Alexoff, Secretary of Foreign Affairs, that Atlantis must have additional supplies of copper for its electrical machines, Flash Gordon, Emperor of Atlantis, agrees to visit the Empress Luana, ruler of the land of Titans, a savage race whose empire contains many copper mines. Although warned that this visit may mean death at the hands of the murderously jealous Titans, Flash refuses to be shaken from his determination and persuades Grego to accompany him. Will they be successful in obtaining from the Empress Luana the treaty which means progress or collapse for the civilization of Atlantis? Can they pass safely through the many strange and terrible dangers the journey must mean? Well, in a moment, we shall see. Will you boys and girls get a pleasant surprise when you try Grove's emulsified nose drops? They're entirely different from the nose drops you have been taking. These nose drops don't make your nose burn and smart. They don't run out of your nose either and make you all messy. No siree. Grove's emulsified nose drops are nice and mild, and they stay put in your nose. They look and feel like so much fresh cream rather than nose drops. Why, you never think of them as medicine at all. Yet they do a grand job in treating any head cold or nose cold. Suppose you ask Mother to let you try Grove's emulsified nose drops. You can get them at your drugstore. Now back to Flash Gordon. Although warning Flash that the visit to the land of Titans may mean death, Grego, nevertheless, goes bravely about the preparations for their departure. Well, Grego, everything's in readiness, Flash. The court jewelers have packed the jewel casket with priceless gifts to the Empress Luana. The finest horses in the stables have been hitched to our chariots. Chariots? We're going to ride in chariots? Yes, for very good reasons. We could reach Luana's empire in a few hours in a rocket plane, but the civilization of the Titans is far behind that of Atlantis, and they're insanely jealous of it. To visit there in a rocket plane would mean to invite instant destruction. I see. But by going in chariots, we make a friendly gesture to them. It may stand us in good stead. Yes, that's a good idea. Flash, this is going to be dangerous. Desperately dangerous. We've gone all over that before. Our mind's made up, Gregor. It may provide the means of saving the civilization of Atlantis. Yes, if we are successful. If we are not, well, is it really so dangerous? Isn't a great deal of all this fear inspired by the fact that the men of Titan are so enormous? No. Mere size wouldn't frighten the Atlanteans. But several times, peasants of Atlantis or a wandering soldier went straight across the border. When they were found later, they weren't pleasant to look at. If we can get to the Empress, we'll be fairly safe. She's a proud woman, but just. Couldn't we send word to her that we're coming? Inform her in advance that we want to sign a treaty, peaceably. Remove the necessity for her paying the annual tribute to Atlantis, which annoys us so. If we could get the message to Luana, we'd be safe, yes. She'd do anything to avoid paying that tribute. But we can't reach her by television. They have no equipment. And the messenger wouldn't get two miles inside their borders without being killed. It does look a little difficult. Have you any ideas? No, none whatever. Well, I have one. See what you think of this. They say the men of Titan are so dangerous because they're jealous of Luana. Yes, that's right. If we were accompanied by a girl, showing that we were not interested in their empress, would that help? You're suggesting that Dale accompany us? It's just a thought. Hmm. It might be just the solution we've been searching for. She wouldn't be in any danger. 
The Titans are proud of their chivalry to women. They might send her back across the border, but that's all. And it might help us. Dale asked me for permission to accompany us. I wanted to consult with you before I granted it. Yes, I think it's a good plan. Fine. Then I'll tell her to get ready. We'll leave in an hour. Gregor, I'm getting awfully tired of this chariot. No, the board is not far ahead. I can understand how you feel, Dale. Your chariots aren't as comfortable as limousines by a long shot. Well, I'll say they're not. Say, isn't that a couple of soldiers ahead there in the road? Yes, the last outpost of the Atlantean army, the border guards. Nothing to worry about from them. We'll stop and have a few words with them. Pull up here, Gregor. You too, Dale. All right. Oh, oh, you can go no further. It's all right, soldier. I'm Commander Gregor. This is your emperor, your majesty. Tell me. Does the Empress Luana maintain a border guard? Yes. Their outpost is around that bend in the road, Yana. There are six of them. They're certain to attack you. Doesn't matter. Stand aside. Yes, sire. As you wish. And Poseidon ride with you. Come, Gregor. Dale, we're going on. You didn't fall to that bend in the road. No, just a few hundred yards. Then we'll see what sort of reception we'll get from the soldiers of Luana. There. We're rounding the bend in the road now. And there are the soldiers. Oh, good heavens, what monsters! They look as tall as trees. Border guards are reported to be among the tallest and most powerful in the kingdom. They're getting out into the road. Let me handle this. Everybody keep quiet now. Oh! Oh, No further! Who are you who dared to trespass on the land of the Titans? I'll give you Atlanteans a lesson. Oh, soldiers! Quickly! One moment, soldier! Hold your tongue. I'll teach you. I'm the Emperor of Atlantis, and I command you to silence. The Emperor of Atlantis. Why, you puny little upstart. Emperor of Atlantis, I say. This man is Commander Gregor of our substrata forces. And this girl is my friend, Daylord. I don't care who you are. Get down from those chariots and I'll... Listen to me. If you harm any of us, your empire will be destroyed within 24 hours. I've left orders with my soldiers that if we're interfered with in any way, our destructo cannon are to be turned loose on the land of Titan. The destructo cannon? By Luana, that would mean... The instant destruction of every living thing in your empire. Now, if you dare to risk that, we'll get down. You can give us that lesson you promised. Why do you cross the border? You know our soldiers have sworn to kill every man who sets foot on our land? Yes, because you're jealous of your Empress Luana. If I had come here to ask her to marry me, to take her away from her subjects, would I have come accompanied by a beautiful girl? Well... I'll tell you why we're here. You know Luana hates to pay the annual tribute to Atlantis. Yes, she does. And that's one reason your subjects fare so badly when they crossed over the border. I've come to your country to make her an offer, an offer of a treaty, so that she'll no longer have to pay tribute to Atlantis. I imagine Luana would be angry if she learned you'd interfered in that. You're right. She'd be furious. But look here. How do I know you're not lying to me? There's one way to find out. Take us to Luana at once and let us present the gifts we brought and place the plans for the treaty before her. Very well. This is the first time in years that an Atlantean has come this far across the border and lived. If you're lying, if your errand does not please Luana, you'll die soon enough anyway. Soldiers! This is the posting gate. Remain in your chariots until I speak to the palace guard. Very well. Well, what did he say? May we proceed at once to our interview with Luana? You may not. But I insist that we... Insist all you will. The water has gone to the south of the kingdom and is to inspect some new mining developments. Oh. When will she return? Not for several days. That's too bad. I suppose there's some place where we can put up, wait for her until she returns. Oh, a place to stay. There is indeed. The prison. You'll wait there. 
Sorry for this, soldier, as soon as we've seen the honor. Perhaps. I'll take the chance. Now hold your tongue and get in there. Now you can wait for Luana to return. <laughs> well, this is a reception. Frankly, it's a better one than I'd hoped for. I thought we were done for when those soldiers stopped us at the border. Oh, heaven, weren't they monstrous, though? And so savage-looking. Well, it looks like we settled down to a nice, quiet wait for the extremely hospitable Empress of the Titan. I hope it's not a long wait. No telling when these guards may change their mind and decide to kill us. If they do, there'll be trouble. I brought two Dissolvo pistols. I've been hidden beneath my armor. Oh, good. That makes me feel a little safer. Don't display them unless it's necessary to use them to save our lives. If the Titans suspected you were armed, our lives wouldn't be worth a thought. No, I'll be careful. Just the same, if any of these Goliaths start trouble, I'm ready for them. Be careful. The guards returning. Good. Luana may have returned to the city. Well, has the Empress returned? Are you going to take us to her? Luana? No, she has not returned. But her brother, Prince Nero, has learned you're here. And he wants to see us? Good. See you? Not all of you. Just the girl. Oh. Come on. You'll accompany me. Oh, no, no, I can't do that. Come with me, I say, or it'll be the worst for all of you. Well, you'd better go. Put your hands behind you. I'll give you a dissolver and you can hide it in your cloak. It'll protect you if you run into trouble. Oh, I Here, no whispering. Come along. All right. I'm ready. Of I can go with you. Come in. Well, well, come in, my dear. Come in. You're Prince Nerod? Yes, of course, my dear child. So you are the young girl who came to our empire from Atlantis. Why, yes. You see, the emperor, I came with him. He wants to sign a treaty with your sister so that she'll no longer have to pay tribute to Atlantis. A treaty, eh? End the tribute. And what does he want in return, eh? The rights to our copper mines, doesn't he? Well, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. But don't you think Luana will sign? It means so much to Atlantis. Sign? Sign away the rights to the copper? Give to Atlantis the means of advancing a civilization that already has been the cause of most of our trouble? Luana will not sign unless I tell her to... But you will use your influence with her. You will, won't you? I might. On certain conditions. I don't understand what you mean. <laughs> you are a beautiful young girl. Wouldn't you like to be a princess? A wife of Prince Nirad of the land of Titan. Oh. Of course you oh. would. Oh, but I couldn't do that. Oh, no, I couldn't. Oh, of course you can. Because, you see, if you refuse, I might take a notion to order your friends executed, oh. you see. No, no, you can't. You can't, I say. Don't come near me. Don't come near me, dear. Oh, but you can't refuse a kiss to the man who's going to be your husband. No, no, stop. Stop, I tell you. Don't come one step closer or I'll kill you. Yeah. Yeah, put down that gun. Drop that dissolver pistol. Do as I command. I'll have you killed for this. Get back. Get back. Don't come near Why? me. Why, you... Oh. Oh. oh, I killed him. I killed him. What will be the fate of Flash Gordon, Dale Arden, and Gregor when the Titans discover that Dale has killed Prince Nero? Can they hope for any mercy from the savage giants who have sworn to kill every Atlantean who sets foot on their land? You boys and girls are practical, aren't you? You know that you'll undoubtedly have to take nose drops several times this winter. So why shouldn't they be pleasant nose drops as long as you can get them? Grove's emulsified nose drops do not irritate you. They're nice to take. It's almost like mother putting a little fresh cream up your nose. And you certainly wouldn't object to that, would you? Moreover, and this is what will interest mother, 
Grove's emulsified nose drops quickly check head and nose colds. Results are much faster than with the old type nose drops. But let a trial prove that to you. Ask Mother to get a bottle in the house today. Come with us every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at this same time for further interplanetary adventures with Flash Gordon. Tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. He'll save every one of us. Get ready to kick some Flash with Flash Gordon. The Amazing Adventures of Flash Gordon. emulsified nose drops bring to your radios the further interplanetary adventures of Flash Gordon. It is the same daring and resourceful Flash Gordon whose exploits have held you spellbound in the newspapers. Now through your loudspeaker every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at this same time, travel with Flash Gordon, Dale Arden, and Dr. Zarkoff to the lost continent of Atlantis on the ocean's floor. Failing in an attempt to escape from the land of Titans, when it is invaded by King Torok of the Iron Kingdom, Flash Gordon and Grego are sentenced to death in a pit of molten iron. The Empress Luana of the Titans so far has escaped capture, but Flash and Gregor are led to the pit of molten iron, forced to mount a scaffold, and placed in chains preparatory to being executed. What will be their fate? What possible escape is open now to Flash Gordon, Emperor of Atlantis, and his loyal friend, Commander Gregor? In a moment, we will have the answers to these questions. Boys and girls, Flash Gordon wishes to acknowledge the hundreds of letters he's been receiving from his boy and girl friends. He's always pleased to get these letters and will answer them all. He is particularly pleased with the great number of children who have induced their mothers to let them try Grove's emulsified nose drops. Many mothers have written to him, too, to tell him how much more satisfactory they've found Grove's emulsified nose drops for grown-ups' use as well as children's. If perchance you have not yet called these nose drops to the attention of your mother, you will do Flash Gordon a great favor if you do so at once. You can be sure you'll like Grove's emulsified nose drops. You can be sure, too, that Mother will appreciate their superiority. Suppose you speak of them to Mother tonight. Now back to Flash Gordon. Savagely lashing them with a barbed whip, a captain of King Torak's soldiers forces Flash and Grego onto the scaffold above the pit of molten iron. Under the scaffold, dogs of Atlanteans! Under the scaffold, I say! If I could get my hands free for one second, I'd toss you bodily down into that molten iron. Oh, you what? Well, it's no use, Flash. We've got to die. There's no possible escape now. Hold, soldiers! The chains! Quickly! Chain their legs! Their arms! Come on, look alive. Get on with it, will you? Let's get it over with. The armies of Atlantis will revenge us for this. I promise you. Silence there! I'll raise them into the air with a bullet. Bring them out over the bed of molten iron. Grego! Grego, what was that? I don't know, Flash. There it is again. Another explosion, Grego. Flash, I see them now. I see them coming. Look, look up there. The rocket ships of Atlantis. They're swooping down upon the city. Bombing King Torak's armies with this hot grenade. Good. Good plan. Thank heaven they arrived in time. Here they come. Here they come. 
armies are in panic. They're in disorderly retreat. They can't stand before those destructive grenades. No, thank for sight and flash. We're saved. We're saved. Some of the rocket planes have landed now. Here come the soldiers of Atlantis to save us. And there's Dr. Zarkov. He's in command of the soldiers. Good old doctor. Dr. Zarkov. Dr. Zarkov. Up here on the scaffold. Yes, we see you, Flesh. Keep your chin up. Your chains are biting into my flesh, Gregor. Can't stand it much longer. We'll be free in another moment. Here's Dr. Zarkov. Flesh, are you all right? Are you safe? Safe enough. These chains are painful. They're grinding into my arms and legs. Well, we'll soon fix that. I have a dissolvo here. I'll cut them loose. There. That feels better. Now the ones for my legs. Right. Oh, thanks, Doctor. Now for Grego. By all means. Grego, old fellow. Yes. Now the ones on your legs. Uh, oh. I preside and that feels more comfortable. I needn't tell you, Dr. Zarkov, that you arrived in the nick of time. Yes, another few seconds and they'd have swung us out over that pit of molten iron. Dropped us into it and... Goodbye. Yes, I know. We rushed here as swiftly as we could. Dale brought you word of our predicament, I suppose. Uh, she gave us our first hint. She was across the Atlantean border before the fighting began, but she heard the cannon fire and knew that there was trouble. As soon as she reached Atlantis, she told us. I at once established contact with this place through the television equipment. Saw that you were in desperate danger and came here with a squadron of rocket planes. Well, you know the rest. Yes, you've driven the armies of King Torak from the city. Now we've got to find the Empress Luana and tell her our empire is saved. Wait, here comes a soldier with a message. Your Imperial Majesty. Yes, soldier, what is it? We have the honor to report to your Imperial Majesty that the armies of King Torak have been driven from the city. You've done well. Convey my compliments and gratitude to your officers. Your Imperial Majesty. Was there something further? A small detachment of the enemy, commanded by King Torak himself, has barricaded itself in the left wing of the palace. We desire your Imperial Majesty's consent to drive them out with destructo bombs. Torak and some of his men have taken refuge in the left wing of the palace, eh? No, no. Tell your officers to withhold their destructive fire. But, Flash, you don't mean... I mean that you and I have a personal score to settle with King Torak. Soldier. Your Imperial Majesty. Instruct your officers to send ten men to the doors of the left wing of the palace. They'll bring with them the strongest battering ram they can find. Gregor, you and I will accompany them, and when the doors are battered down, we're going in there and bring King Torak out by the heels, dead or alive. Soldier, have the men ready in half an hour. Yes, Your Imperial I'll take command now, Captain. Men? They brought up the battering ram, haven't they? Your place is quickly, men. Well, this is a mad scheme, Flash. You may get killed. And so may King Torah. Are you ready, men? And listen, Grego. You and I will stand aside as they batter in the doors. If the doors crash inward, we'll leap into the front rank of the soldiers and go in fighting. But why permit us to wear nothing but swords? We could beat them so much more easily with dissolvo pistols or destructo grenades. I've got an incurable desire to meet King Torak man to man. His men are armed with nothing but swords. I want this to be a fight. I'm going to start the fireworks now. All ready, men? Shoulders to the battering ram now. Ready? Lift? Now all together. Go! The door's giving. Once more now. This is the time. All together. Hit it hard! Go! Come on, Grego! Forward, men, into the palace! Charge for your emperor and for Atlantis! Here comes King Torok's men. They're trying to fight their way out. And there's Torok at their head. Keep away from him, soldier. That's my man. All right, defend yourself, Torok. Man to man now. We'll see who's the coward. Ha-ha! Come on! Come on! Why don't you charge me? Why don't you rush in on me? Ha-ha! All right! Let's get it over with! Oh, lost your sword, have you? All right, I won't take advantage. Here goes mine also. Now, this is for what your soldiers did to Luana's empire. Ah! Here's just a little of the punishment you deserve. I guess this will keep him a little. 
Your Imperial Majesty. When King Torak regains consciousness, have him removed to one of Luana's copper mines. Put him in chains. Make him work and slave in that mine for the rest of his life. If he makes one move to escape, he shall be instantly killed. The command of your Emperor. Your Imperial Majesty's command shall be obeyed. Here, soldiers, help me with this man. Well, the rocket planes are waiting, Flash. They're ready for the return trip to Atlantis. Very well, Grego. I'll be ready in just a moment. Well, what are you doing? I'm writing some orders. One for the immediate reconstruction of the royal palace. And having that done, Grego, at the expense of Atlantis, as a friendly gesture to the Empress Luana. I think it's a wise move. Relations between the land of the Titans and Atlantis should be the friendliest from now on. Yes. The tribute to Atlantis has been cancelled. Friendly trade agreements have taken its place. The Atlantean army rescued the Empress Luana and drove Torox men back to their kingdom. I think the gift of a new palace will be the final touch that will make the land of Titans our loyal ally, Gregor. Meanwhile, where will Luana hold court? There's no suitable place. King Torox's legions destroyed every building of any consequence in the Empire. I know that. I've invited Luana to return to Atlantis with us on a friendly visit. Her first visit there. To remain until her own palace is ready for her occupancy. An excellent idea. Where is Luana now? She's resting. Her servants are packing her belongings for the trip to Atlantis. The soldiers said they found her hiding in the stables where we left her. She was terrified at the bombing by the rocket plane. Yes. The poor creature thought it was some new and dreadful enemy. Well, these orders are all signed now. If you're ready, we'll hunt up Luana, board the rocket ships, and get back to Atlantis. And personally, I'll be very glad to get back there. And I. Frankly, I'd never expected to see home again. <laughs> well, I guess our troubles are over now. Come on, Gregor, let's get going. Well, we're nearly home now. There's the Royal Palace of Atlantis down there. Yes, it won't be longer than a few moments now. I wonder how Luana's enjoying the ride. I imagine she's enjoying it. She's in the one pounded by Lieutenant Redner. Yes, that's the second rocket plane in the formation. Well, you can circle the field now, Dr. Zarkoff, and bring it down. Yes, we're back in Atlantis again. By the way, none too soon either. They're beginning to make arrangements for the Feast of Poseidon. The Feast of Poseidon? Merciful Plato, I'd forgotten it. Feast of Poseidon? What's so strange about it, Gregor? Dear man, you look as if you'd seen a ghost. I... The priests of the temple will explain it to you, Flash. The Feast of Poseidon comes once every hundred years. Uh, Dr. Zarkov, you'd better bring the plane down now. Yes. Hang on, I'm going to land. Well, Gregor, now that we're safely settled back in the palace again, what about this Feast of Poseidon? Why did mention of the feast give you such a terrible start? Flash... I'm afraid it's another of the things about Atlantis you'll find very difficult to understand. You're beginning to frighten me. What's so terrible about this particular celebration? I do not dare explain. The official information will be brought to you by the high priest. Well? The high priest of the temple of Plato. Well, I'll soon find out what all the mystery is about, Gregor. You may admit him. Your imperial majesty. Your holiness may enter. Thank you, my son. Blessings of Poseidon and Plato upon you, our emperor, and upon you, Commander Gregor. Poseidon, go with you also. I have come before you, O Emperor of Atlantis, to remind you of your sacred duties at the time of the Feast of Poseidon, mighty god of the sea. The duties of emperor are still strange to me, Holy One. I shall explain them to you. On the occasion of this feast, it is required by our religious laws that the emperor of Atlantis give proof to his subjects he holds the love of Poseidon in higher regard than friend or loved one or even life itself. Hold on here. You mean I've got to die as a sacrifice? No, no, my son. 
For it is easy to die. It is more difficult to command the death of a loved one. On the occasion of this feast, it is the law of Atlantis that our emperor demonstrate his love for Poseidon by sacrificing the one person he loves best in all the world. By killing that person with his own hand. Merciful heaven, but that's butchery. It is the law of Atlantis, Flash. And it means that you... You must kill either Dr. Zarkov, myself, or Dave Harden. Under the ancient law of Atlantis, Flash Gordon must kill the person he loves best. Dr. Zarkov, Grego, or Dale Harden. How can he decide such a tragic choice? You boys and girls won't object to Grove's emulsified nose drops. There's nothing unpleasant about them. They don't run out of your nose and make you messy. They don't run down the back of your throat and make you sickish. What's more, they don't burn or sting the inside of your nose. They quickly check a head cold and yet do it in a nice way. These nose drops are something brand new and a big improvement on old-fashioned oil drops. Mother is interested in getting results when you have a cold in the head, and she'll get results much faster with Grove's emulsified nose drops. In every section of the country, Grove's emulsified nose drops are selling at an amazing rate. That's because they are better in every way. Tell Mother to procure a bottle at the corner drugstore. Come with us every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at this same time for further interplanetary adventures with Flash Gordon. Tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. He'll save every one of us. Get ready to kick some Flash with Flash Gordon. The Amazing Adventures of Flash Gordon. Emulsified nose drops bring to your radios the further interplanetary adventures of Flash Gordon. It is the same daring and resourceful Flash Gordon whose exploits have held you spellbound in the newspapers. Now, through your loudspeaker every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at this same time, travel with Flash Gordon, Dale Arden, and Dr. Zarkoff to the lost continent of Atlantis on the ocean's floor. Flash, Grego, and the Empress Luana have been rescued by Dr. Zarkoff and the rocket plane squadron from the armies of King Torok and have been brought safely back to Atlantis. However, their joy of the rescue is turned quickly to sorrow when the priests of Atlantis inform Flash that the Empire is about to celebrate the feast of the god Poseidon, and that in his position as emperor, he must sacrifice the one person he loves best. This means the death of either Dr. Zarkov, Grego, or Dale Arden. Which of Flash's friends must die? In a moment, we will have the answers to these questions. Here's what boys and girls are saying about Grove's emulsified nose drops. They're the best I've ever tried. They fix a head cold right up, and they don't sting the inside of my nose. Here's what mothers are saying about these nose drops. Grove's emulsified nose drops have certainly solved a great problem for us. These nose drops are not at all objectionable to children, so we can treat a head cold promptly and effectively. Everyone who tries these nose drops just raves about them. They find that they do the work better, and do not have any objectionable features. Any child who has not yet called Grove's emulsified nose drops to the attention of his parents should do so at once. It is to every child's interest.
Dr. Flash Gordon. The high priest has departed, and Flash is left alone with Gregor. I know it's a terrible decision to make, but you must make it. You are Emperor of Atlantis. I'll tell you what my decision is going to be, Gregor. I'll not go through with it. I tell you, I won't go through with it. I'm sorry, there's no way out. Oh, yes, there is. Call the Royal Council together tonight. I'm going to abdicate my throne and name you as Emperor in my place. I cannot do that, Flash. You've got to remain on the throne, and you've got to go through with the sacrifice. Don't be absurd, Gregor. Of course I don't have to do it. Who's to stop me from abdicating? The law of Atlantis, Flash. The law states that if any emperor attempts to abdicate to avoid making the sacrifice of the person he loves best, that he shall be killed. All right. Let them kill me, then. Not only that, but all his friends shall die, too. So there's no chance of escape for the one who'd have died if the emperor had not been a coward. A coward? You call it cowardice to refuse to kill my best friend? To refuse means death for all your friends. For all of them? For you? For Dr. Zarkov? Yes, and many more. For Lieutenant Redner, the Empress Luana, and for Daylard. But but how can I choose Gregor? Which one shall I call to me and say, I'm sorry, but because you're my best friend, I must kill you. It's a dreadful test. A test no one but a man worthy of the name of Emperor could undergo. Your decision must be made tomorrow. It's all so strange, so savage and cruel. I know. Sometimes what is best is most cruel. Now, good night. I'll see you in the morning when the high priests visit you to learn of your decision. All right. I suppose there's absolutely no way out. None whatever. I'm sorry, Flash. Good night. Good night. My poor friend. Oh, Dr. Zarkov. Dr. Zarkov, wait a moment. Oh, hello, Vigo. I've just been with the Emperor. Uh, how's Flash feeling? Oh, very despondent. He's just been visited by the high priest. Uh, the priest told him of the sacrifice required for the Feast of Poseidon? Yes, he was told. Poor lad. Who will Flash select for the sacrifice, do you think? There's no way of telling. It's a horrible decision to make. Yes, I know. Grego, let you and I make the decision for him. You and I? But how could we do that? Quite easily, I think. I think the final choice will lie between three persons. Between you, myself, and Dale Arden. Yes. Dale, of course, is a girl, and his affection for her is of a different quality. But the depth of his love for you and me, I'm sure, is as deep as his love for her. I think you're right, Dr. Zarkov. What would you suggest? That we relieve Flash of the necessity for making a decision. That either you or I go forward and offer ourselves to him as the sacrifice. Doctor, that's an excellent plan. The right to make the offer is mine, of course. Uh, hold on there. I'm not so certain of that. I am an older man, Grego. My span of life is nearly done in any event. I claim the right to offer myself to our friend. Oh, there. You see what a dreadful decision it is. Even you and I cannot make it. I'd never consent to allowing you to offer yourself, and I don't think you'd permit me to do it. No, I would not, Grego. But the matter can be decided between us. I have a deck of cards in my room. We will cut the cards for it. Oh. Very well. We'll let the cards decide. Then come along to my rooms. I have the cards here in my desk. Here they are. I frequently amuse myself at night by playing solitaire. Hmm. I've always observed that men with mathematical or scientific minds enjoy matching their wits against themselves in a game of solitaire. We're playing a more deadly game, Doctor. One in which the loser wins and the winner dies. Yes, it's a deadly game with death holding the stakes. We'll let the ace of spades be the fatal card, shall we? Very well. I'll shuffle the cards and you cut them. We'll place the deck face down on the table and start drawing. Yes. We will draw alternate cards until one of us draws the ace of spades. That's agreeable to me. Shuffle the cards. Here, you cut them. All right, we'll draw. Shall I draw first? I'd like that privilege. Very well. 
Ten of diamonds. Your draw. All right. And nine of hearts. Draw, Grego. Yes. Three of clubs. I, Poseidon. I've drawn it, Grego. I've drawn the ace of spades. It shall be my honor to offer up my life for my friend. Allow me to compliment you on your chivalry and your courage. I wish there were more men in Atlantis like you. Uh, thank you, Grego. Now, if you don't mind, I, I'd like to be alone. We'll see Flash in the morning and tell him what we've done. Yes, I'll go now. Thank you, Grego. Come in. Well, Flash, my boy. Good morning, Dr. Zarkov. Good morning, Grego. How did you sleep? <laughs> Not at all. As if I could. I don't imagine any of us slept very much. I know I didn't. Nor I, naturally. What do you mean, naturally? Tell him, Grego. Very well. We knew the horrible decision you were faced with. Are still faced with. Because you've not decided which of your friends must die, have you? No. I'm not a coward, as you both know. But somehow I haven't the courage to make that decision. We know how you feel, Flash. And we're deeply sorry. That is why we did it. That's why you did what? Dr. Zarkov and I decided to relieve you of the decision. By making it for you. By making... What do you mean? What are you talking about? Just this, Flash. We know that you would rather die than select a friend for the sacrifice. Yet we all know there is no escape, no alternative, no hope. Grego and I know that the choice would lie finally between Grego, myself, and Dale. I suppose you're right. Well, we left Dale out of it. She's a woman. She must live. Dr. Zarkov and I drew cards for the honor of making the sacrifice. And Dr. Zarkov won. Grego, do you mean that, that you're the one to die? I'm sorry to say, no. The winner received the honor of making the sacrifice. It is Dr. Zarkov who must die. Doctor... Dr. Zarkov is... Is this true? Yes, uh, it's true. I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. What can I say? Dr. Zarkov, we've been through so much together. First on the planet Mongo, then in Atlantis. There's no need for you to say anything, Flash. I I understand all the things that will remain unsaid, and believe me, I'm deeply grateful. It's been given to few men to enjoy the friendship of a man such as yourself. To die for that friendship is an honor. Yes, Miss Dale Arden is here to see your Imperial Majesty. Shall we tell her? She must know sometime. Let her come in. Yes, your Imperial Majesty. You may enter. Oh, Flash, I've heard about the sacrifice. And I'm so terribly sorry for you. Yes, it's a, it's a dreadful thing, Dale. Of course, there can be but one decision. Atlantis needs every man. You must allow me to be the sacrifice. Oh, no, Dale, no. We can't allow that. You've made your decision? Yes. Who is it to be? Dr. Zarkov. Oh. Dr. Zarkov? No. I shall consider it an honor, Dale. It comes to us all sometime. But Dr. Zarkov, not you. Oh, it's hideous, Dale. Savagely, barbarically wrong. But what can we do? Someone must be chosen or... Or all of my friends will be killed. Yes, Miss Harden. It's better this way, to sacrifice only one life. I suppose it is, isn't it? Well, Dr. Zarkov, I want to tell you that you're the finest, truest friend we've ever known. Thank you, Dale. What is it? A messenger from the temple to take your decision to the high priest. Tell him to wait a moment. Your Imperial Majesty. Bring me some paper. An ink and a quill. Very well. Here you are. Thank you. To the high priest, to the temple of Plato, greeting. It is our imperial decision that for the sacrifice to the feast of Poseidon, man to die shall be my, my dear friend, Arkazarkov. Signed, Imperator Rex. Give this to the messenger, Grego, and tell him to deliver it. Very well. The priest will acknowledge this at once with a letter. 
messenger's been gone for an hour. Why don't we receive an acknowledgement from the priests? Because after receiving your sealed decision, they'll pray to Poseidon to determine whether the person you've selected is the one dearest to your heart. Oh, I see. Yes, it would be easy to send the name of an enemy, wouldn't it? I never thought of that. Hmm. It's not your custom to consider deception, Flash. Oh. Just the same. We should have an acknowledgement soon. Yes, it shouldn't take much longer. That may be it. What's wanted? The messenger with the letter from the temple. Bring me the letter. Lord Imperial Majesty. Thank you. That's all. Lord Majesty. What does it say, Flash? Probably a verification of what amounts to Dr. Zarkov's death warrant. We'll see. What does it say, Flash? Read it to us. Yes, we're all anxious to know. All right. It says, Your Imperial Majesty, we have received your decision, and according to the customs of the temple, we've prayed to Poseidon for guidance. In his great wisdom... Poseidon has appeared to us in a vision. And this is his answer and ours. A mistake has been made. Dr. Zarkov must be spared from the sacrifice. The one to die must be the one most dearly beloved by you truly. And the person to be sacrificed is... Dale Arden. So the priests of Poseidon refused to accept the noble sacrifice of Dr. Zarkov and demanded instead the life of Dale Arden. Poor, lovely, loyal Dale. Must she die? Grove's emulsified nose drops will surprise you with the way they look and act. These nose drops are white and creamy. They don't look, taste, or smell like medicine, yet they are highly effective. That's because they are medically superior, because they stay up in the nose. Any child can understand that nose drops that stay up in the nose will do more good than nose drops that run right out. Impress this fact upon Mother, and she will undoubtedly let you try these new type nose drops when you have a head cold or stuffed head. All drugstores sell Grove's emulsified nose drops, and they're really more economical than the old-fashioned kind because you get more for your money and because you can use less. Ask Mother to get a bottle today. every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at this same time for further interplanetary adventures with Flash Gordon. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! <laughs>